Hello and welcome to today's Here's to Your Health podcast. I'm Don Lentzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. And my guest on the podcast today is Michelle James. Michelle is a victim advocate at Family Crisis Centers. And uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So that's why Michelle is here. So Michelle, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Probably the first thing that I want to to do is to let our audience know a little bit about uh, Family Crisis Center and and what it is that you do for them as a victim advocate. So let's start there. Okay, sounds good. So Family Crisis Centers um, is a domestic violence um, advocacy center. Um, We provide services throughout 17 counties in Northwest Iowa, which includes um, Crawford and surrounding areas. Um, And so in addition to just domestic violence, we also have advocates that work with um, other violent crimes as well. Um, So we just, we tailor basically what we do to each person because no two situations are really ever the same. Okay. That seems like um, yep. a pretty that seems like a pretty fair place to start. And of course, yep. you know, this is a domestic violence awareness month and when the the term itself domestic violence I think probably needs a little bit of definition because probably for just about everybody out there it might carry uh, you know, a little bit of a different nuance. So in when you when you're talking about domestic violence, Michelle, what's the definition that you use? Yeah, so when we define domestic violence, um, a lot of people, the first thing that comes to mind is physical um, abuse. And so we want people to know that domestic violence is really defined as it's a pattern of intentional behaviors, assaultive behaviors, um, and coerciveness um, within a relationship that's performed by one partner. um, And they use this to manipulate um, power and control over that other person in the relationship. And so it doesn't have to be just physical abuse. It can include emotional and mental abuse, um, sexual abuse, and even financial abuse. And unfortunately, it's too pervasive uh, in our society yet today, but but uh, Family Crisis Centers is helping with that. And uh, maybe you can describe for us a little bit, Michelle, what sort of resources are available for victims? Yeah, so um, like I mentioned earlier, Family Crisis Centers, we do serve um, 17 counties in Northwest Iowa. Um, So we also hold the statewide um, victim services call center, um, and I can provide that phone number um, if you want to put a link or put it um, on the Facebook page or something as well, too, so that way people have it if they don't have pen and paper handy. Absolutely. 1-800-382-5603. Um, and advocates will answer that 24-7, 365 days um, a year. It doesn't matter if it's a weekend, a holiday, if it's 2 a.m., 4 a.m., um, we're always going to answer that. We also have a text line. Um, you can text the word, and we put it all together as one word, Iowa Help, to 20121. Um, so our advocates, we offer services to those who are impacted by domestic violence, a safe and confidential space where they can talk. We know that this is a hard and heavy topic to talk about. Um, We're here to listen without any judgment. Um, As an advocate, you know, 
we educate ourselves on other resources in our communities to help people. Um, so, you know, it could be maybe they need health insurance or maybe they lost their job and they need to set up and help filling out maybe some forms to, to maybe get housing assistance or food assistance, daycare assistance. Um, we help with housing. Um, and we really just, you know, listen to what each situation and each person has to say. Um, and we can offer different options, but we're not here to make those decisions for the people that have been impacted by domestic violence. Um, you know, we'll help weigh those options so that the person that's impacted can really make the decision that's best for their life. Um, in a domestic violence relationship, you know, they've been told what to do, what not to do, who they can and can't do things with. Um, and they've had their power and control to make their decisions kind of taken away. And so we don't want to add to that. We just want to help them be educated and um, informed so that they can make the decision that's best for their life and their situation. Um, you know, we do a lot of mobile advocacy so they don't have to come to us. We can come to them. We can meet their some somewhere safe. Um, we do crisis counseling, uh, safety planning. We can help people fill out, you know, protection orders and court accompaniment, like if they have a hearing coming up. Um, and we're just really there to kind of be an additional support through that difficult time in their life. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and my guest on the podcast today is Michelle James. Michelle is a victim advocate at Family Crisis Centers, which serves uh, 17 counties in uh, northwest Iowa. Uh, I think you said something, and this is a little bit off script, Michelle, but you said something uh, in response to my last question that really leads me to, to what I want to say now. And that is, you know, it is so important for victims of domestic violence to be able to have someone to talk to, to explain their situation, because so many times you feel like you're alone. Right. So when, um, when people do end up going away from abusers and then returning, what, what, what drives that, do you think? Yeah, so a lot of times, you know, there is that, that stigma or that question that a lot of people ask of, you know, why they don't leave or why they come back. Um, and, you know, a lot of these things, um, there's so many different situations um, that we're unaware of as outsiders. So there's a huge amount of fear when it comes to leaving um, or when it comes to um, not knowing. You know, if, if they're being harmed inside their home, studies show that if someone leaves, um, that could become more lethal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe they've normalized the abuse. Maybe they grew up in a house where, you know, that was normal for their parents, and so that's just what they believe is normal. Um, there's a lot of embarrassment and shame that people feel. Um, you know, they don't want to be judged um, for being in that situation. You know, they're ashamed of that. Um, a lot of times they've got extremely low self-esteem. Verbal abuse leaves such deep scars that, you know, nobody else can see. Um, and so maybe they just don't believe in themselves anymore. They probably still love the, uh, the abuser, the person that's causing them that harm. At one point in time, you know, there was probably a point in that relationship where it was like 
a dream come true or almost like a fairy tale. So there's hope there that maybe that person can go back to what they once had. Um, Sometimes there's cultural or religious beliefs that keep people in those relationships. Maybe, you know, divorce or something like that is frowned upon, um, and they don't want to, you know, have that as an additional weight on their shoulders. And a lot of times they just don't have the funding or the resources where they feel like they can be successful on their own. Yeah. So going back to something you just said, you know, that, uh, you know, it was maybe a fairy tale at the beginning and now it's changed. Is it possible for abusers to change? Yeah. So change is possible. But what I always tell people is the important thing to remember when it comes to change is change is a lifelong commitment. Um, You know, like many different areas of our day-to-day lives, whether, you know, somebody is struggling with substance use or maybe they need to make some healthier choices in their life to, you know, better impact their health, domestic violence and violent tendencies isn't any different from that. These changes don't happen overnight, and they are going to take a lot of dedication. Um, And, like, um, throughout their entire life, not only to achieve that, but to sustain it and maintain it. A lot of times when times get tough, we resort back to, you know, where we feel comfortable. So, you know, violence isn't any different than that. It is a lifelong commitment to refrain from violence. My guest on the podcast today is Michelle James. Michelle is a victim advocate for family crisis centers here in Northwest Iowa. And we're talking to Michelle because October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And, and one of the questions that does come up fairly often, I think, Michelle, is whether or not men can be victims of domestic violence. Absolutely. Men um, can be and are um, victims of domestic violence. Um, it's important to understand that domestic violence doesn't discriminate. So, you know, gender, um, socioeconomic status, you know, none of that stuff matters. Um, But, you know, research does show that one out of four men have been physically abused by their partner at some point in their life. Um, And, you know, it can really affect anybody, including men. Men face some additional barriers when it comes to reporting or, like, disclosing um, that they have been affected by domestic violence. Um, So they, you know, face things such as, like, gender stereotypes and that stigma um, around being a man. Maybe, you know, they should have been able to protect themselves or they should be, like, this big, you know, strong person and that shouldn't happen to them. Um, We also look at, you know, they fear that maybe they're not going to be believed or that they could be accused of being the aggressor or even being falsely arrested. Um, in In addition to, you know, that fear of if they have children, maybe losing their kids and other things like that. Hmm. So you mentioned something a little bit earlier about, um, you know, when when things are financially difficult in households too, that that can be a contributing factor. How does the economy affect uh, domestic violence? Yeah, so there's a couple different, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can view economy and how it affects domestic violence. But, you know, when the economy is down, um, it can uh, create, like, additional tension within a home. 
So things like maybe joblessness or, you know, no accessibility to work, um, that can cause extra stress in the home. So if there's already abuse in the home, it actually can make things worse. Um, when we look at like the cost of things going up. So gas is rising, groceries rising, daycare costs are rising. Those can create barriers um, for victims who want to leave um, and they want to become self-sufficient, but it's hard with the economy and you know prices rising and not having the income to self-sustain. Um, and then, you know, if we're in like a type of recession, so the fundings are down, so fundings are getting cut, which makes it harder for people to provide resources um, that can, you know, be um, successful to help victims and survivors. Yeah, I, I can see how all of those things are, are, you know, very, very significant, can be very important factors in those kinds of domestic mm -hmm. violence situations. So having said that, Michelle, what, what can any of us do to help in those situations? Yeah, so the most important thing that, you know, we usually tell anybody um, is if somebody is, is kind of talking to you about, you know, domestic violence or being in a violent relationship, um, the most important thing you can do is to listen without judgment. Um, it takes these people a lot of courage um, to disclose abuse, um, and they're probably fearful of being judged. Um, so... We try not to use like ultimatums or making our help contingent on, well, I'll help you, but you have to promise you're going to leave type of things. Um, and when we look at other ways, like people in the community can help. So maybe it's not just helping somebody that they might know um, is is coming to them for domestic violence, but, you know, family crisis centers, we're always looking for donations. It doesn't have to be monetary. You know, we, we have volunteers. Um, you know, we're always looking for things. When people are coming to us, a lot of times they're coming to us with nothing more than the clothes on their back. Um, you know, when they flee, they flee. So they might not have everything that they need. And so we, we do put out flyers and we do, you know, our, our normal fundraising and stuff like that. Um, but we are always open to those types of things. In addition to obviously knowing that, you know, you guys, anybody can offer guidance and support if somebody is disclosing and then knowing that Family Crisis Centers is here to pick up and, and help some more. So before I, I let you go today, Michelle, from our podcast, let's, let's go back and, and give the number for the hotline again and for the text. Yeah, so the hotline is 1-800-382-5600. And advocates can answer any questions um, as well as get you in touch with a local advocate. And then that text line, you just text, it's all one word, Iowa Help, to 20121. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. An important topic and one that I think we need to talk about a little bit more. So maybe we'll have you back on again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. All righty. My guest on the podcast today has been Michelle James. Michelle is a victim advocate for family crisis centers, which serves 17 counties in northwest Iowa. And uh, as uh, Michelle noted earlier, the hotline number, if you feel like you're a victim of, of uh, domestic violence, the number to call 800-382-5603, or you can text Iowa Help, all one word, to 20121. 
I'm Don Lintzman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. We care for life.